When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Okay, so Anton Forsberg claimed on waivers by Carolina. Stuart Skinner currently the Oilers taxi squad goaltender. Ken Holland on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer earlier today saying they will look for another goalie so Skinner can go to Bakersfield for the EHL season starting in early February. The rest of the taxi squad right now for Edmonton, Nygaard, Patrick Russell, Benson, McLeod, and Quine, Jujar Kara wasn't claimed on waivers. He was centering the fourth line today as the Oilers get ready to face the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night. Going to be fun. This texture writing in, he says, Hey, Reed, I respectfully disagree with your prediction of goals dwindling near the end of the season. I predict goalies becoming fatigued, especially the weaker tandem teams and the top lines burning out the goal lights. Well, hey, that could happen. I mean, I like that you wrote in and uh, and explained why you're thinking that is too. Goaltenders will be taxed this year. Depth will be taxed. And uh, yeah, if you don't have a good goaltending tandem, maybe that uh, maybe that'll hurt you if it's got to be a 50-50 split as opposed to maybe a 65%, 35% or something in that range. We'll see with that texture. Remind me uh, what happened when we get to the end of the year because I'll probably forget by then. I may forget your, your text in the next hour or two. Here's a guy who was celebrating last night as uh, Alabama won the NCAA football championship, and he's getting ready to rock and roll tomorrow for Oilers Now and the broadcast on 630 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. It's my buddy Bob Stoffer. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing quite well. It's great to have you on the show. Had uh, Rob in the last half hour. Cam Moon's coming up between 7.30 and 8. So uh, we're, we're, good. we're getting ready to go here. Jack's obviously still around calling some games. And I guess another bit of a change. Are you going to do some TV work this year? What's going on with that? Uh, yes. On the regional broadcast, I'll be one of the rotational guys that are in there doing uh, some of the panel work. Uh, so my first go at it will be Thursday. Uh, as you know, during the pay-per-views, uh, back uh, 2008 to 2011, I did a bunch of them. And obviously, Tony Brar, myself, and Jack, uh, and before that, Tom Gazzola, myself, and Jack, did on average about 35 to 40 panels a year uh, on Oilers TV. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, and you're right, last night was a good night. Um, I'm a big believer in process and structure. Uh, Alabama completely different animal in terms of uh, they're just wired differently you know when you have guys that are consensus top 15 overall picks coming back from a broken angle after 12 games and and dressing uh, potentially jeopardizing their draft stock because they want to be with their teammates uh, that speaks to the all-inclusive nature and the approach and the buy-in that they have in their program and Reed uh, and I know you've been around the, the U of A Golden Bears hockey team a bit that's the same thing they have you know they have a uh, they have a structure and a process in their organization where where uh, the individual is never bigger than the sum of the parts. And for the Edmonton Oilers, they got two of the best individuals. Uh, we got to see if there's more parts that have been added and will result in a greater sum for this season. I, I just want to ask you one more question about the football game because they 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 pulled away and they put them away. 
was like was there ever a doubt i mean if you play that game a hundred times how many does alabama win over oh, over 90 uh yeah possibly i mean i'd say this about ohio state they might have the third or fourth best uh you know players in terms of the country the the program that's probably underperformed the most has been georgia they're traditionally a top five recruiting school but they're in the sec Clemson obviously uh, has a quarterback that's going to go number one in the NFL draft. That's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Dabal Sweeney's won two national championships. I mean, this is a big story down in the States today uh, because the general consensus is that Nick Saban has now supplanted Bear Bryant, who was also at Alabama, as you know. Uh, Bryant was at Texas A&M and Kentucky before being at Alabama, but he's now supplanted uh, Bear Bryant as the greatest college football coach of all time. Reed, they've won six of the last 12 national championships. They're in it every year. They get the best players they've they just in 2021 they had the best recruiting class for the upcoming season uh they are an absolute juggernaut but it, you know last year they lost to uh, lsu by five points and people said lsu are the greatest college football team of all time well this team other than the uh, sec championship game against florida and bama was going through into the playoff regardless if they wanted to lost that game uh, that was the only game that bama played that was really close all year so they had an incredible year nobody opted out reed lsu won the national title last year jamar chase uh top five overall picket wide receiver he opted out this year for lsu nobody opts out at alabama the team looked after itself they were disciplined uh nick saban got covid but none of their players did and that takes discipline you need a little bit of luck alabama Alabama's got a high, the state has a high COVID, uh, uh, you know, a lot of COVID cases. And I do think, and I've had this conversation with Oilers management, I do think the clubs that handle the uniqueness of the situation with COVID, you saw the story tonight, Dallas, 17 of the yeah. 27 co- positive cases involved the Dallas Stars. The organizations that handle it the best uh, have the best chance for success, in my opinion. And that takes speaks to discipline and, again, personal accountability uh, with your teammates as well. I've been playing some uh, some clips from your interview with Holland on Oilers now earlier today, and he explained why they're going with 9D at the start of the season. So Bouchard gets to maximize the LTIR pool that they can use, but he's going to go to the to the taxi squad. So, I mean, look, maybe I, I I don't think Holland mentioned in the interview. I listened to it a couple of times. Are we looking at Nygaard jumping on the uh, active roster? Do you think they put Ryan McLeod in on the active roster? Do you get any sense of what they might do there? I think they'll put Patrick Russell on. He played the most games. Old, reliable, eh? <laughs> right, and coach coach likes patrick russell so just like the coach likes josh archibald just like the coach likes mike smith so the coach has a say in this as well they know what they're getting with patrick russell uh and really i mean i believe and you were at practice days uh, our listeners probably are aware of 6 30 chad was setting up our lower broadcast location for the upcoming season so uh, the practice started right at noon i was at home because we were working on some wiring but uh i'm pretty sure care spent the majority of the time between chase on and Ennis. So that's a sign to me he that did. he's going to play play on the fourth yeah. line i think patrick russell will be there. but you know what it could be ryan mcleod i'm not 100 percent sure well i've i've liked mcleod i i was saying that last week every camp i've seen him at he he does something that is is noticeable and he does it with his speed and he seems to get involved in the play and kind of be around the puck and, and around the right area you don't see him finish a lot necessarily when he when they do the scrimmage but that's what i've liked about mcleod he's not He's not shying away. He doesn't appear lost. I mean, sometimes young players, they, they appear that they're, you know, in a, in a different game because they haven't got into that NHL groove yet. I've liked, I mean, I do think he'll make his NHL debut sooner rather than later. It's got to be coming this year. I have uh, 
McLeod, Ryan McLeod, as the Oilers' fourth-line center next season on a $60 million cap hit, and that's re-signing Nugent Hopkins in the range of about $6.25 million. Uh, Edmonton at that $60 million would need four left wingers, another goaltender. Uh, they got lots of defense. They have both Broberg and Bouchard on the team next season. So and I know there was some news on Broberg, which is surprising to nobody that saw him play. Oilers have more depth. Reed. They they move the puck better than they, used, they did last season, and they got uh, more depth up front. Um, biggest question mark is going to remain in goal. Well, I think so, and that's why it would have been nice to have... And look, Forsberg hasn't played a lot in the NHL. I think he's eight or nine games below 500, but he's he's played in the NHL. But Holland said they're going to go out and get somebody. How does that happen? Do they make a deal, or does he keep an eye on the waiver wire, and that's how they bring somebody in? You know what I found interesting is Forsberg and Alex Nijelkovic split time in uh, Carolina's farm team last season. They both had, I think one guy was 905, one guy was 906. uh, Nijelkovic started 49 and 51 games the two years before that, and Don Waddell called uh, Ken Holland two hours before claiming him made me wonder whether or not he was telling them, hey, FYI, we're putting our guy on waivers. Uh, they're both at 700000 all in. There's no, it's not a, it's a one-way deal for both goaltenders. I wonder if it's just as simple as the Oilers claiming Nijelkovic uh, tomorrow. Yeah, fair comment. So right, because read what they could do. Uh, Skinner doesn't have to clear waivers. So they just, they, if they get Nijelkovic with the claim tomorrow, they could just assign. Uh, now, the issue is, what do you do for two weeks? Because there's quarantine issue. Well, but, well, yeah, fair enough. If Skinner, well, couldn't they keep Skinner? What they could do is they could assign Quine down because he's already cleared yours. So they could they could they could work around that. They're not going to. Patrick Russell's going to be here. Uh, Joe Kim Nygaard's going to be here. Now we do need to mention there's two guys that are on IR to start: James Neal and Gaetan Haas. Uh, Neal skating. Haas is further away, but at some point those guys are coming. On to the right, uh, either the taxi squad or the main roster as well. Yeah, and a uh, caller called before you came on asking about James Neal going on LTIR. I, I don't see that happening because is it's ten games or thirty days, right? If you're on LTIR, Cleft Bomb they know is gone for the season. Yeah, I think it's ten slash twenty four days, but yeah, twenty four days. Sorry, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But but you're right. Yeah, that I, he's obviously on IR to start, and they didn't have him on LTIR for the uh, so they must believe he's going to be back while he's skating. So. You know, he, we don't know how long he was out for in Nashville, but Reed, you're, you know, you saw how many guys were out for Nashville at the start too. Let's not be naive. Obviously, there was something that ran through, and it can hit quickly. It just, it can surprise people. Uh, this is a whole different. Again, back to my point about what Alabama accomplished. They got everybody bought in. They got everybody all in, and they found a way to keep that stuff, uh, you know, keep the virus out of their room. And that was part of the reason why they had success. And then they got a little bit of luck along the way. And I, I think that, I think we're, well, look what's happening tomorrow. JT Miller, how good was he last year for Vancouver? He's out for two weeks for the Canucks. That's a big loss. Yeah, Jordy Ben as well on the blue line. And I, and I did mention this earlier, Bob. James Neal was at Nate. Uh, I believe on day two I saw him there, but he wasn't skating. So if yeah. he did have COVID by then, he was recovered. But he obviously wasn't well enough to get out skating yet and, and had to get back in shape. So, yeah, we'll see. And it is interesting, starting tomorrow, the NHL will name the players who had COVID. In the summer, they didn't do that. They just said a player was on, though once they got in the bubble, no one had it. Okay, I didn't do a quiz today. I'm going to just get a story from Stoffer instead. I think you'll like this one. We are, one thing that we are incredibly lucky for this year is 
We're all getting closer to the ice, so the broadcast location is on the loge level at Rogers Place, which is amazing. I knew it would be cool. It's, I mean, it's a 12 out of 10. The view you have, really comfortable. So we're very lucky there. Best and worst broadcast locations from your days calling games, Canada West Hockey? Uh, the worst broadcast location was in 1991-92 in Regina. Uh, they had me set up at the Sherwood Twin Arenas, which is where the Cougars played. Regina had a very good team. They had like five 30-plus goal scorers out of the WHL. Bill Iskowich was coaching that team. Lenny Nielsen, a 100-point man with the, in the Western League, was a star in that team. And our broadcast location couldn't work because of the we, we had a, like a phone system, uh, like a, a traveling cellular phone unit, and so I had to go into the far corner of the arena and stick the uh, phone system outside the actual facility. So that would be the worst. The best was always actually. You know what the. Father David Byron Arena was a pretty good location because we were right above center ice. And uh, often I would drop my mic, especially when Willie Desjardins was coaching the Calgary Dinos. I would drop my ambient mic when he would call a timeout, when invariably the Golden Bears would be up by a goal or two and call a timeout in the third. And I'm pretty sure on a regular basis uh, we would hear all seven words that George Carlin said. You could not say in TV. Often directed at me, hey, uh, big boy, get that mic out of here. Uh, they they used to say with Willie Desjardins when he played for the Saskatchewan Huskies on the 83 championship team uh, that also featured Dave Adolph that was coached by Dave King, don't get silly with Willie. Well, Willie ended up being an NHL head coach. Uh, me and him made peace during his time. He did a very good job at the Medicine Hat Tigers. He's back there now. So best location was Calgary, uh, best barn to broadcast the game from was U of A, especially during the cheer for beers. On the NHL level, the worst location is in New Jersey. Okay. Right. It is even higher than Rogers Place. Uh, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and Edmonton have similar sort of uh, structures for the regular broadcast but location. New Jersey is in another area code. And I would, I would say, you know, we're not in Nassau County Coliseum enough in Long Island for it to count. So I, I would say the Bell Center in Montreal has got a gondola. Uh, and it also has a huge uh, you know, scoreboard. And if you are not alive doing a game in Montreal you need to get out of the business because the fans know <laughs> hockey. The nervous anticipation and the sense of, uh, uh-oh, here we go, and McDavid's bringing the puck up the ice or dating back to Taylor Hall or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it's off the charts. So Montreal uh, is one of the best. The worst is New Jersey, and then nothing uh, was worse than Sherwood Twin Arenas back in the day in Regina. Well, next week when you're on, I'll ask you how much asbestos you inhaled at Rutherford Rink in Saskatoon. We'll save that one, though. All righty. Awesome stuff. Let's have some fun tomorrow. See ya. Right on. That is Bob Stoffer checking in, host of Oilers Now, color analyst for the Oilers broadcast here on 630 Chet. Ben's got a lot of stories that he's great at telling them. It is 7 after 20. Of course, I'm happy to... It is 7 after 20. It's... uh, We're in an alternate dimension. It's 20 after 7. (laughs) I'm happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Chet.
Good to have Stoffer on the show. Back at it tomorrow, 6 o'clock face-off show. Game at 8 o'clock, Oilers Canucks right here on 6.30. Chet, looking forward to getting going, absolutely. Cam Moon's going to call Thursday's game, and he's going to join me between 7.30 and 8. Jack Michaels on the radio call tomorrow night, then he'll be on the tube on Thursday. And I assume many of you still have tube televisions. I know we have a very old-fashioned audience here on Inside Sports. A lot of you have rotary phones, tube televisions, uh, still use, uh, you know, horse and buggies to get around, or, or some of you might have upgraded to an actual coach, but that's the kind of, uh, it's the kind of audience we have on inside sports. It's really quite interesting. Also later on tonight, I can't believe we're going to do it. Haven't done it since before Christmas. It's probably been about a month or so since we've done it. Name the animal. Kellen Kennedy has an animal noise. He will play it. I will try to guess what animal it is. I was one for four. When we did this before, I knew the walrus. Somehow I immediately identified a walrus. So we will name the animal before 8 o'clock tonight. A proud inside sports tradition. <laughs> or so some would have us believe. Stoff made a really good point, though, that handling COVID and all the health and safety protocols could turn out to be very important for some teams in this season or the lack of handling it. He talked about the University of Alabama. The players were dedicated. No one got sick. The head coach, Nick Saban, did get COVID, but the players were healthy throughout the year. Dave Tippett of the Oilers commented today on managing those protocols. We're very fortunate. Our, uh, our training staff and doctors here are, are really at the kind of forefront of uh, protocols and stuff like that. Um, you know, it has changed for us a little bit. We're, we're cognizant of having meetings in open spaces, not, uh, not a lot of people in meetings. Uh, when we have a meeting with our group, we'll, we'll do it in the dressing room rather than the theater where it's a little more closed. Uh, coaches one-on-one -on -one meetings are in bigger areas than they would be in their offices. So there's things like that that are all, uh, coming into play that you're you're thinking about and you just you got to make sure you know I'll give you a, for instance uh dustin swartz the goaltender coach he he'll he doesn't want to meet with both goaltenders at the same time you know, don't get them in a small office at the same time if one of them happened to uh happen to get sick then you have close contact with the other one they would both be out so there's things like that that we're thinking about constantly uh and that's obviously changes than where we've been in the past all right, good stuff there from uh, Dave Tippett on the health and safety protocol. 780-496-0063. We have Fred on the line. Fred, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how's it going tonight? Good. You're talking about rotary phones? Well, I actually have one right here, so there you go. Good. Uh, getting pretty excited. You know what, Reed? I can't believe it'll be my 49th year of watching this hockey team. And every time I'm just as excited for the first game because we're still in first place. So what the heck, right? Yeah. Uh, the only concern is, yeah, of course, goaltending a little bit. Uh, I'm sure they'll claim somebody off waivers tomorrow, but uh, the, the team's looking really good. And let's get her going. It's been way, way too long. Don't you agree? Well, yeah, well, it's been 10 months since they played a regular season game. But, hey, we all know what's been going on and, and why we had to, have to wait this long. But I appreciate it, Fred. Enjoy the season. I know we'll be hearing from you throughout the year on Inside Sports and Overtime Open Line. Same teams over and over again, nine games each against everybody in your division for the Oilers, 10 each against Vancouver and Calgary. Here's Tyler Ennis. 
it, it's going to be interesting. It might have a little more of a playoff feel. You're playing the same team, um, you know, several nights um, back to back often. Um, but I think it's a little bit like the lockout where we're jamming in a lot of games and then not a lot of time. So um, in some aspects, it's, it's fun because you just, you know, you turn it over so quick. It's uh, one game after another after another. There's not a lot of time to think. You, you just have to keep going out there and, and doing your job every night. And um, it's fun. I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to it. it, it is, it's going to be a different experience for everybody. Um, bit of a baseball schedule, you know, but uh, it should be fun. That is the former customer at Collingwood Blockbuster in the West End, Tyler Ennis on a line today with Jujar Kara and Alex Chason. Cam Moon, you've heard him on this show many times over the years. You've heard him calling Red Deer Rebels games on Thursday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He's going to call an Edmonton Oilers game. He's coming up next inside sports on 630 Chet. Remember, when you sign up for the podcast, Canned Ham, Inside Sports Canned Ham, delivered straight to your door, and I now have an extra set of hands to help deliver those hands. He's joining us to call Edmonton Oilers play-by-play here on the old radio. It's my good buddy, Cam Moon. Cam, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm in for the, uh, the Canned Ham delivery service. Well, I, mean, I need help. We're going to need help because well, yeah. we we haven't been able to deliver during the pandemic, so we're going to have a lot of catching up to do when we can get out there and mingle and deliver yeah. canned hams. Now, I hope you could still, because you often walk your dogs and listen to Inside Sports, I hope that can still be part of your routine now that uh, you're, you're part of the Oilers Radio Network. I did bring the, uh, the AM transistor radio. It did make the trip up, so... The, uh, the chances of the the 6 to, to 7 o'clock walk sort of deal while I listen to Inside Sports is very much in play right now. Well, that's good. That's reassuring. Well, sometimes yep. you'll be a guest even more often than you were before Ooh. during that time. Yeah. Hey, I congratulations. Like I'm, I'm so you. happy for you. You, you, I mean, you're you're a great guy. You're a great broadcaster, and it's awesome that we're going to get to work together. And you're going to be calling uh, Oilers games. Quite a, uh, just how how are you feeling? I mean, quite a quite a whirlwind for you, and quite quite an opportunity. And like, this is the cool thing about the jobs. Like, you've you're an established, well respected broadcaster with an incredible resume, and sitting next to you today. I was like, this is like a 17-year-old kid who, who's gotten told he could call some NHL games. That's what it was like talking to you. It was awesome. Oh, I was so excited. <laughs> I just jacked up. I was, 
I, I drove in this morning. Uh, I, honestly, you should have seen me packing up in Red Deer. I, I started throwing clothes in the vehicle 10 minutes before I left. It was like I was fleeing the sea of, scene of a crime. <laughs> like, it was, so I just threw everything in, hoping, like heck, I put everything that I need. I mean, who knows? And I went straight to the rink, and, it, yeah, it was, it was great just to see the hockey on the ice. I mean, we've, we've been through a lot of, of nothing, so this is exciting. And that there's a, a season around the corner of an all-Canadian division with an Oiler team that looks improved and, and ready to go and could be extremely competitive. Like, I, I don't know why you wouldn't be fired up. Like, so I, I had it. It was, it was all, you know, coming together while I was sitting up there today. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Remind people, I know most people kind of know your story, but you're going to be introduced even even more here. And for the 14 people listening to Inside Sports, remind us how, how you got behind the microphone. Okay, well, I, when I was playing junior, uh, it was crystal clear that I wasn't going to be a pro. <laughs> you're so hard on yourself. <laughs> oh, painfully crystal clear. <laughs> as I was dodging pucks in the Western Hockey League. So, they, of course, the WHL's got the, they'll pay for school for as many years as you play in the league kind of thing, which is unbelievable if you don't go pro. And it, as I established, that wasn't going to happen. And I wanted to take radio and television arts, and I wanted to do it at Nate because I grew up here in Edmonton, and, and I wanted to come back home. And Nate had such a great RTA program and still does. So I went to Nate, and I played for the hockey team my first year. And the second year, I got a, a job doing the color on TSN of the WHL games. And not because I was good, because I was terrible. But it was because I just played in the league. It was the only reason. So I was figuring things out. Unfortunately, I was figuring things out on a national television stage. So yeah, I wasn't really getting you know reps at a lower level, which I think I was a little over my skis, for sure. So I did that for a couple of years. Well, I worked hockey school in the summer, and then I got my first play-by-play job was in Nanaimo in the BC Hockey League. So I, I packed up my 86 Camaro, Reed, an 86 Camaro I packed up, and I drove it all the way to Nanaimo. I was there for three years, and, and then I got to Red Deer in 98, and I've been there ever since. Put the cam in Camaro. You know it. Yeah. I'm sorry for that one. I, could, I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, hey, it's all fair. Tracy texts in who says, welcome, Mr. Moon. Really excited to hear you Thursday. I'm so happy for Cam. Tracy, I don't think Cam needs you to call him Mr. Moon. Maybe I'll call you that on air all year. I'll never call you Cam. Just call you Mr. Moon. He'll be strangling me by the third game. (laughs) (laughs) I may may give you other reasons to do that. So do you know how many, because I always joke that I interviewed you that one night and I always say I can't remember if it was 150 Rebels games, 1,500 or 15,000. I think it was 1,500 or something like that. Do you know how many you wound up doing? Uh, it was in a uh, it was in a story yesterday. It was over 1,700. I don't remember the exact number, but it nice. was 17 something something. Yeah. Well, and yeah. It, just t- tell me about uh, tell me about leaving. I don't. I don't want to make you tear up here, but oh, well, God. if I if I do, I do. That's life. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the, you know just leaving the rebels organization. The reaction this news got with some of the key people there. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, like I I got hired there by Wayne and Terry Simpson, 
And then a year later, they sold the team to Brent and Connie Sutter. So the, the Sutters inherited me and kept me, which is amazing, and, and I appreciate it. But, yeah, it was tough. Yesterday was really hard. Um, yeah, Brent came in, and, oh, yeah, it was uh, – it was it was a tough day because yeah they've been so good to me and so good to my whole family and, and they made you feel like family like working there was it was like you were working you were part of the family and and it's a very a very it's an incredible atmosphere in the office and in the rink and all that stuff so difficult to leave for sure and again I wasn't I wasn't even looking to go but when you get the opportunity to call games at the top level for your number one favorite team growing up in the world <laughs> in your hometown <laughs> yeah that seems like a slam dunk to me Reed. <laughs> I mean, it's a you're jordan taking off from the foul line tonight and throwing yeah. down the tomahawk that's what you are when it comes to dunking this is this is this is so i'm i'm so happy for you i'm trying not to get too giddy myself uh 7804960063 uh eric from red deer what the hell cam ditching us He's not ditching Red Deer. I think he's giving you a hard time. Yeah. Was, uh, Doug says, I, Doug, I hope I'm saying this name correctly. Was Chad DeLue in Nanaimo when Cam called their yeah. games? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Who, who, who is DeLue. this? Uh, he's an Alberta guy. I want to say, oh, boy, where was he from? Like St. Paul or something like that. Yeah, he played for the uh, Nanaimo Clippers. Well, that's a long time ago now. Like, that was like... Doug's- 95 96 kind of thing doug's going back this is the this is the great thing when you start talking about you know lower like lower levels of hockey amateur hockey you know i i used to cover a lot of senior men's hockey Alan cups and lloyd minster whenever you get into these stories i love hearing all the people are like oh yeah i remember this guy he grew up uh you know 20 miles from this town <laughs> like that's that's the yeah. great and i'm sure you i'm sure you found that so much in red deer because red deer's you know a city in this even more so than edmonton in some ways a city in this vast rural landscape yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And a lot of hockey players from around central Alberta, Chris Russell here on the Oilers, who in the summertime in Red Deer, I, I see quite a bit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, hockey's a small community, though. It's, like, it's over a, a vast area, but it's an incredibly small community for sure. All right, so let's let's talk about uh, the team. And, and again, your first game yeah. is, uh, is is Thursday. You'll be at the game tomorrow. I'm, you're, I'm gonna you're gonna be on the faceoff show. I'm not giving cool. you a choice. So we'll I, talk yeah, about I told you. random stuff there. So so you, you you saw some some drills today. I know it's not the same as full game, but you you follow everything. It's like, what are your general impressions? Certainly deeper, deep enough. What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely deeper. Um, I'm sure it's tough not having Oscar Clefbaum on the back end, but when you you're able to add somebody like Tyson Berry that can help the power play as much as he can, and that's that's it's just going to help. Like there's just no two ways about it. The one that intrigues me the most, though, going into this year, is I really want to see the uh, the maturation in his game is, is Jesse Pugliarvi and. After being in Europe and playing and, and getting a little older, a little wiser, maybe a little stronger—I don't know. Whatever it is, I 
he looked good today from everything that I've heard. He's looked really good since camp started. And that's a guy that wasn't here last year. I guess if he turns out to be anywhere close to the, the potentially you saw in his draft year when he was amazing, like he was, the guy was unbelievable. Uh, that's like a free player. <laughs> and I, I think that, that his potential and, and if he really turns out to be as good as, as he's looked so far, then that's going to help the Oilers a ton. This texture says, Reed, I'm sure everyone wants to hear what Cam's goal call will sound like. Well, you'll find out Thursday. You will find out Jeff, Thursday. Jeff in Red Deer says, thank you, Cam, for the many nights talking me to sleep. I, I hope that's a compliment. I think I know what Jeff means. Thanks for the many nights yep. talking me to sleep. Congrats on reaching your dreams. Junior hockey's loss is the NHL's game. Look at all your fans checking in tonight. This, is, this always oh happens God. when you're on. Thank you, Jeff. I do appreciate that. It, uh, yeah, I, I saw some tweets yesterday of, of people saying that they had listened to Rebels games when they were when they were little kids. You know, same thing where the parents would put the game on for the, for the youngsters. They go to bed, and you know what? That it just makes me feel so good. And it's it to me. It's also part of why I love radio. Radio is such a great medium that you can be in your car or you can be walking your dogs or you can have it on just as, as you're going to bed or whatever. And you get to paint the picture for people. You get to tell the story and paint it and paint that picture in their mind. To me, I don't know. There's just something about that that always made me gravitate right to radio, right from my time coming out of junior that I just thought that this is, it's just the, it's the greatest is, you can really get into the storytelling, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's perfect. Okay, I'm going to ask yeah. you the same question I asked Bob to close out, just okay. with a different league. I asked him this with Canada West. I'm going to ask you with the WHL, best and worst broadcast locations in the dub? Best and worst. Okay, best, there's there's a lot of them. Um, if I had to pick one, maybe Regina. Regina's that you're not too high and you're right over. So I'll give them the best. Uh, the worst, uh, Seattle, you're in the corner. Oh. And it's tough when the visiting team is skating at you. You can't see their numbers. And because they're the Seattle Thunderbirds that you only see once a year, you have no idea who it is. So it's not so bad when, when, the, when the Rebels were skating towards me because I, I knew who they all were. But... Yeah, that one was tough because you're right in the corner. That made it a little more difficult. Well, luckily, you'd only go there every second year. Yeah. yeah. Or every year. No, no, every second year. No, yeah. every second year. And now that they're, you know, they're out in Kent, it's it's a little different. Before, when they played at the, the Key Arena and you'd stay close to downtown, it was, it was a different uh, dynamic. All right. And finally, the last uh, text before I let you go. Mooner yeah. didn't steal the ice cream machine from the Centrium, did he? I'm not, I can't confirm or deny that. Oh. Well, I can tell you, yeah. The, the, no, the ice cream will stay in Red Deer at the Centrium. It is known, Reed, it is known throughout the league as the best ice cream you're going to have at any hockey game ever is in Red Deer. And that's kind of the signature concession item. Oh, I'll remember that for next time yeah. I go. That's yeah. awesome. Cam, again, congratulations. I look forward to seeing you at the rink tomorrow and hearing you on Thursday, man. This is awesome. Welcome aboard.
Okay, thank you so much. Hey, what, what time are we there tomorrow? You better sign up for the group chat. Okay, yeah, get me in on this stuff. The uh, the mor- the the morning skate is ten thirty. The uh, yep. entrance will open at nine forty five. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, man. I'll see you there. Okay. <laughs> Telling his story, he's he's thrilled. Uh, I'm thrilled. I love the guy, and uh, he's just he's just a genuine, energetic positive human being and i think that's why many of you who listen to him in red deer love him and uh that's what oilers fans who maybe haven't uh, heard cam call games before or heard him a lot on the radio that's why you're gonna love him too 780-496-0063 it's 747 we'll wind down the show and oh no name the animal when we get back Dreisaitl has a new left winger. His name is Dominic Cahoon, but he is not new to Leon. They have known each other for a long time. We were maybe 13, uh, and so we moved into the same host together the first day, and uh, after a couple hours spending, um, you know, time in each other's uh, rooms, we ended up, you know, playing Xbox that night together right away. So um, we got we got together and got to know each other real quick, and yeah, we've been we've been really good friends ever since. Played together a long time ago, and um, it's funny how it works sometimes that you find your way back together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's obviously a, a very skilled um, skilled player. He's got a lot of hockey sense. Um, he, he sees everything on the ice, so um, he's always had that attribute. And obviously, we're we're, we're looking to um, yeah, we're looking to him to to continue that here. All right, yeah, Dominic. So he's known the he and Leon have known each other since they were uh, thirteen. Leon, Leon talked about them uh, meeting each other and bonding over Xbox the first night they uh, they hung out as kids. So uh, Kahuna has had some good moments at camp. Certainly uh, has some good vision. Appears to have a pretty good shot. And I was uh, I think Kyle Turris has a really good shot. Again, huge upgrade from uh, Riley Sheehan to Kyle Turris as a third line center. Oh, we'll start getting some answers as to how they're going to look on the ice tomorrow night. Finally, finally, finally. Thanks for all the kind words coming in for Cam Moon. I'll pass those on to him uh, tomorrow. Some of the texts here are still coming in since Cam has uh, has signed off this evening. But, yeah, love Cam. He's going to be awesome here at 630 Chet. Okay, on a completely lighter and frivolous note, because uh, we haven't done this for a while, the, uh, the, the, the possibly the greatest game in the history of the galaxy. I won't say the universe. It is name the animal. We started this before Christmas when Kellen played some elk noises, and I, I was surprised that's how an elk sounded. We were talking about potential new names, uh, new names for the WD football team, and then the rest of that week, Kellen played an animal noise, and I had to guess what it was. So we had a cougar, a fox, something else, and then a walrus, a raven, a raven, and a walrus. And the walrus, I, somehow, I guessed the walrus immediately. All the other ones, I needed help from people out there texting right. in to help me get it or getting hints from Kellen. So just because 
Well, why not? We'll do it every once in a while. We haven't done it in 2021. We have Name the Animal tonight. Uh, you are allowed to help me on the text line, though you cannot win anything. This is not a, not a formal contest. You don't get a canned ham. You don't get a pet version of what animal, whatever animal it is. You don't get Brian Hall coming to your house or calling you. and Hey, it's Halsey. Happy birthday. I heard you name the animal. That doesn't happen. It's purely for stupid fun much like this show itself. Anyway, Kellen, do you have an animal noise ready? We have a animal noise ready to go here. A little bit of bleeding. There we go. Dolphin. Nope. Is it a marine animal? It is, yes. A porpoise? No. A manatee? Nope. Some kind of a whale. It is some kind of a whale, yes. Is it a blue whale? No. So I have to name the specific type of whale. Sure. Like, just saying whale isn't good enough. Yeah. It's a, are you going to make me say sperm whale on air? Sperm whale. No, it's not a sperm whale. And so it's not a blue whale. Is it, what other types of whales? I know there's lots of whales. Is it, a, is it, a, is it an orca? Somebody said, is it yes, an orca? It is an it's orca. It's an orca killer whale. All right. Yeah. I didn't do too bad. I, I was right there with, with Dolphin and then uh, got into that. Somebody said, <laughs> somebody texted in hippopotamus. All right. So uh, I, I, I'll give myself, well, I didn't get it on the first try. I got it way quicker than usual, though. Brandon and Airdrie. By the way, Brandon and Airdrie um, was a very uh, rugged and determined hockey player. I used to cover him in Lloyd Minster. And he was a member of the 2007 Lloyd Minster Border Kings Allen Cup Championship team and played on several excellent Lloyd Minster Bandits team as well. And I'm thrilled that he texted in tonight, by the way. It's, it's awesome to reconnect with people. Uh, so he knew it was an orca. Somebody else simply said, kill a whale. So that was an orca. Yes. Uh, there was a movie called Orca the Killer Whale when I was a kid. I'm going to Google it right now. Orca the Killer Whale came out in 1977, so probably in response to Jaws. Hey, uh, we should capitalize on the success of that Jaws movie. Oh, well, another shark? No, we can't rip off a shark. Yeah, whale? Yeah, let's go with the whale. Yeah, for kids my age, uh, Free Willy, Free Willy 2, Free Willy Free, you know, that was... Nobody cares if the whale doesn't <laughs> eat somebody. It, we're talking, it has to be... No. I thought we were just talking movies that use killer whales or orcas. No, we're talking, well, was, was Willie a killer whale or was he a nice whale? He didn't kill anybody. I thought Free Willie was kind. <laughs> Kellen's gone. He's, a, he's upset that I'm, he, he that I'm bashing Free Willie. I think that's what his motivation, motivating factor was. He wanted to escape the, uh, the uh, clutches of the marine tank in the... Uh, park amusement park. Orca, or <laughs> Orca the killer whale, starring uh, Richard Harris, Charlotte Pampling, and Bo Derek. Ooh, how about that? There we go. Uh, they made it for. Well, it says the budget was either six million dollars or seventeen and a half million. I don't know how you can't decide. That's between a the two. huge swing. Too. It, it, it made fourteen point seven million dollars. Uh, the reception for the film. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has 9% <laughs> with an average rating of 3.5 out of 10. Orca the Killer Whale, not a killer movie. 
Cowtown Bob thinks I was close enough to give myself. I'll give myself a half point. Sure. For getting relatively quickly quickly to whale, so I'm now at uh, one and a half out of five. The next time I talk to you will be on the face-off show to lead into an Oilers game. That's at 6 o'clock tomorrow. The game is at 8, Oilers and Canucks. Tonight, you heard from Cam Moon, Bob Stoffer, and Rob Brown. Thanks to those of you who called and texted. The producer of Inside Sports, Dave Campbell. The animal wrangler is Kellen Kennedy. My name's Reed. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.